Hello and welcome to this week's Mouth of the Time podcast, Shields Gazette production. The football might be finished. Well, Newcastle United is anyway, but we're still going throughout the summer. We'll be we'll be here bringing you uh, Newcastle United transfer news, our opinions, analysis, and, and just looking generally ahead to the to the summer that's ahead. Um, I'm joined today by regular Miles Starforth um, and also fellow Newcastle United writer Jordan Cronin. Um, the transfer window, it's open. It opened today, time dating this. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, Miles, is it going to be a busy one? I think you know, know the answer to that. <laughs> um, Steve Bruce, as we said before, is, hasn't really pretended anything otherwise, and it's going to be a, a low spending window, um, more or the same from last summer in terms of the free agents. Of course, Callum Wilson came in on a on a decent fee, a twenty million pound fee, um, but will we see that kind of money spent this window? I think we're going to have to see one or two departures if we are going to see that kind of money spent on uh, any one player. John, you're expecting much of the same, similar to last year, decreased from last year, or, or increased? Anything? Your thoughts? No, I, I can't see it being as busy as last year in terms of obviously splashing. 20 million Callum Wilson and 50 million, 50 million Jamal Lewis. I think what you can look at similar to last year is maybe maybe some free agents, to be honest. Um, potentially some loans. I know they usually come in in the January, but you know, in terms of big money signings and, and anything sort of transformative, I, I can't see that happening. Um, I think the club's finances have been severely impacted by the by the lack of fans. So um, I see the transfer budget, as Miles mentioned, seems to be seems to be very low uh, this season, uh, this summer. So. Um, let's see. Let's wait and see what happens. I'll stay with you on this, Jordan, because you're the you're the expert who puts these kind of things out for, <laughs> for the Shields Gazette readers. But what kind of free agents are that out there in in this market? We've seen Jeff Hendrick, Mark Gillespie, and Ryan Fraser. I mean, I was going to say mixed success Newcastle United had last summer, but you'd have it's hard to argue that there was any success at all. Really, uh, bringing those three players in for for nothing. Is there the is there value in the market? I've seen Andros Townsend mentioned. I've seen Josh King mentioned. Is there any others that we maybe could watch out for? No, I just think off the top of my head, I think the the two standout ones that you mentioned there, Andros Townsend and Josh King, would be the ones that you'd, you'd probably look at. To be honest, um, is Andros Townsend the player that desperately need? Probably not. But I just think maybe for sentimental value as well, just bring him back because potentially does have unfinished business up here. Maybe um, I think in terms of the free agent market, he is one of the standout ones. And you mentioned Josh King there, obviously a player that's been um, linked with Newcastle in the past. And if you're looking for a backup striker, like Dwight Gale, and as as we'm sure we'll come out later, the likes of Andy Carroll potentially leaving, maybe Dwight Gale leaving the summer. Josh King ultimately fills that fills that gap. So um, in terms of maybe the retain list, there's a few that go out or there's a few that are, are sold in terms of central defence as well. There's, there's definitely uh, players you can look at, but I think in terms of central defenders, you, you'll be looking probably towards, you know, the likes of uh, Asia and uh, and uh, Kabak as well. I think they're two players that have been promptly linked over the last, last few weeks and certainly Kabak and since January. Miles, do you think that's the kind of market that Newcastle are going to be shopping in this, looking at the retain lists elsewhere? And maybe maybe one thing that I look at is they've they've often kept their powder dry, particularly under Bruce, um, till the January with the loan market. Do you think that might be brought forward a little bit this year with budgets being tight? Maybe. Um, as I said, Steve Bruce has been pretty clear about the, the, the way things are looking for the summer. Um, you know, there's, there's a few areas 
that you would say need strengthening. There's a, there's a few question marks in that squad in terms of departures, which again, we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, more of the same. Maybe that, the, you know, we used to hear kind of wheeling and dealing at this club, and that's probably what we're looking at in terms of if if there is going to be a fee spent on any one player. Um, you know, Josh King, I remember him being linked with the club and there was interest back when Rafa was manager, Andres Townsend. Is he too old for, for uh, Ashley's liking? That's that's one question. He certainly played. I would have loved to see him stay after his loan spell a few years ago. Um, where, will, he, will we see him back? Um, again, a big question mark uh, on on that one too. But uh, there's, one, there's one or two free agents out there, but ideally you'd want to see some money spent too. So I'll stay with you again, Miles, on this one. Um, and I'll give my opinion first. Jethro Willems is a name. We've seen a, we've seen a, a, an exclusive interview this week with a Chronicle where he talked in depth about saying that he wanted to come to the football club. Um, is he a player that you would sign this summer if given the chance? My answer is yes, um, because I think he suits the system perfectly. Um depending on the, the amount of money that he wants and, and depending on whether he can get a work permit. But my answer would be, yes, I think he's I think he's a good player. Miles, would you sign Jethro Willems if given the opportunity? I think it's a yes, but a qualified yes. And I think this is, you know, not being unfair to him, he's, he hasn't played football for 18 months. He's a, he's a gamble for any club. Um, we've seen... Ryan, you know, not, he's not saying he played no football. He, of course, he's trained uh, trained every day. He'd have played behind closed doors. He hasn't played a competitive game since he suffered that injury at this club. So, in that respect, he's a gamble. We've all seen Ryan Fraser. He, he went eight, eight months um, without uh, a proper game at Bournemouth, and he's been troubled by niggles all, you know, for much of the season. Um, you know, I wrote a piece a few weeks ago suggesting he would be the player the club would look at should Ryan, uh, should Matt Ritchie leave this summer. And that's, again, that's a possibility in terms of the departure. He's been a target for Bournemouth the last three windows, I think. Um, you know, it's been some keenness on his part to be to be close to his family or with his family in the South. So, uh, Jetro, Jetro Williams, certainly, if Ritchie goes, he would look to be a, a good option as a replacement, as a as a left wing back, um, I can't get away from the fact that that uh, it it is it is is it is a bit of a gamble. He hasn't played football for eighteen months, um, and with that in mind, um, it's a qualified yes from me. But I, I, you know, sentimentally, I thought he was fantastic until his injury and his first loan wait on his loan spell here. Um, a good character, I, I liked him as a player. Um, and I think most of us would, would like to see him back. It's just the big question marks on his, his kind of fitness and uh, match fitness going forward. So Jordan, taking all that into account, taking in other factors as well, that he's close pals with Alan St. Maximin and there's a talk about could he leave, would he stay, that kind of thing. All told, the injury, uh, not playing, the work permit problems, the fact he, he's a risk. Does it balance up as a yes or a no for you? Yeah, I'd probably edge towards yes, to be honest. Uh, I'm not sure in terms of in terms of wages, but I think he's clearly a player that wants to, to come back to the football club. And as you mentioned there about his friendship while in St. Maxman, I think really it, it is, you should urge on the side of caution, but I would be tempted to say yes, to be honest. He had a, he had a brilliant loan spell 
last year, uh, last year, and then you know, again, I think potentially has unfinished business. Um, you know, hopefully he can come in, and if he is to come in, maybe you know, a couple of months in training, uh, build himself up, and you, you know, I know he might be the the same for that left. Um, it is a risk, but I think just in terms of what we've seen previously, then yeah, I'd, I'd be up for bringing him back. Yeah. Miles, how much do you read into what we've seen uh, with the reported numbers of the budget? Um, we've seen we've seen certain reporters come out and say it's 10 million, 12 million, etc. We've seen these sort of insider reports that come out. Um, my take on that is I don't think the club will be revealing any budget. It'll be a really poor financial position to do, you know, Morgan in position to say we've got nothing or we've got loads of money. It's not the type of thing that a football club does at the start of the summer. How much do you read into that? Because I know a lot of fans are really, uh, really stuck on the idea that Newcastle have ten million pounds to spend or twelve million pounds, because it looks like it would be a pretty grim summer if that does actually transpire. Well, I think with, with, even before hearing those briefings, that would be the kind of ballpark that I would have thought the club would be kind of uh, working, working in, following, you know sitting through a number of Steve Bruce presses where he's kind of addressed the, the, the financial side of things. You know, that, the, you know, those are the kind of work, budgets that Rafa Benitez was left to work, work in and, and kind of wheel and deal and bring in more money in, with kind of sales. And so it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me, uh, but you're right, the, the club's um, not going to be going brief and they've got 10, 10 or, or, or 12, 12 million pounds to spend. Um, but uh, again, I, I don't think that might be uh, might not be far too far from the truth uh, in terms of you know the budget following what we've 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 learnt about this pandemic and the, and the kind of impact on on Premier League clubs. We heard a lot last summer, Jordan, about people were talking on oh, Newcastle have got twenty million pound to spend. They ended up spending thirty five just in fees, without all the the add ons last summer. Um, what was your reaction when you seen those kind of figures bandied around, and what 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 are you expecting from the club this summer? No, when I see when I see them figures, uh, it, I do question why why a Premier League club would have such figures. Now I do understand that you know there has been a pandemic and Newcastle have lost a lot of money from from supporters being locked out of St James's Park, but you still look at your TV money and prize money, and I know some TV money's been rebated back to the to the broadcasters, but that's still over. 100 million. So I, I question that straight away. But again, I'm sort of a no, a no financial expert. Um, so that's why, as Miles said, I, I do think that the, the fees, uh, the, the transfer budget touted is, is probably correct. So see, you, you probably look at the, at the free agent market again and do you, do you try and bring the loan market forward or do you, do you stick to it in January? There's, there's a lot of questions to be had. Um, if there is, you know, the reported sort of 12, 10 million, you then go and splash it on one player, which has obviously been rumoured with uh, with the lad at Celtic. So um, it could be that you just, you know, splash it on one player and then try and get some loans and, and free agents around it or you sell players, which, you know, I'm sure will will come on to as well. They will, they will try and free up the budget by selling uh, some, of, some, of, some of our assets. Well, so I was going to come on to next, actually, quite quite nicely done there, Jordan. You're you're in the wrong job here. You should be sitting in my seat. Um, outgoings, outgoings. So, so if the if the budget's tight, Miles, um, where did Newcastle United look to squeeze value from this squad? Because there is there is looking at it, you've dropped Atsu, um, 
So there is a 24-man Premier League squad of players who qualify to get in that squad now. Lejeune coming back, Muto coming back. Um, Newcastle United probably need to get rid of maybe three or four to free up some room in that squad. Who are the most likely candidates you'd see leaving the football club to free up that little bit of space and also get enough money in that Newcastle can maybe spend a bit? Well, we've already mentioned Richie. Um, he wasn't playing until the back end of the season. Did very, very well in that uh, that important run, that last two months of the season, where he came in at uh, as left wing back when they changed the formation and it worked. Um, I said he did very well, but I think there's a question mark over his future. He wasn't playing before then. His family is in the south on the south coast. Um, of course, that that uh, Raoul uh, Steve Bruce, both you know both sides insist it's kind of behind them now. But um, so he's he's one candidate in terms of others. You'd look at uh, Lejeune and Mutu, both on loan last season. Um, how much you, you'd actually how easy it would be to to move them on is another question uh, in terms of what wages they're on. Mutu didn't. Would say had a pretty successful loan away. Um, uh, Lejeune, of course, is another you know another one. Maybe have more success moving moving him on. So that's two players. Um, otherwise, you're looking at the kind of fringes of the fringes of that squad, and there's there's not too many um, who uh, who were going to who you'd want to go who could bring in some money. Uh, of course, so maximum has been linked with. Um, big bunny moves. You, you don't want to lose him. You don't want to lose the core of that squad that did so well last season. Um, so uh, I don't know, Liam. I don't know who, who who are you? What any additional names you think could, could be moved on? Because there's, there's there's not too many really. If you so, if you look at a, a you know a decent budget, I'm looking. I'm the the one name that just springs out to me immediately is Dwight Gale in this in this squad. Um, I'm looking at as a squad balance um, in the forward areas, and and even if Newcastle needed add players, they're probably if they stick to this system, their front two will still be Callum Wilson and Alan St Maximin because they're two of the better players in the squad. Even if they add another forward, you've got Joe Linton, who I believe was starting to add some value to the squad in that forward area, and I think Ryan Fraser is going to be a big season for him. He'll still be here, and he's almost your Alan St Maximin. Uh, last 20 minutes, Alan St. Maximin, isn't he really in that kind of position? So I would say there's room for maybe one other forward and Newcastle United have two. They have uh, Dwight Gale and they have Andy Carroll. Look, we don't know what's going to happen with Andy Carroll. He was he was on the list, as you reported last week, Jordan, on Friday and Saturday. He was on the, the list uh, of players released by Newcastle United. We've seen reports by Lee Ryder this week saying he could still stay. Um, if Andy Carroll stays, I don't see a place for, for Dwight Gale. I just don't see the reasons to why you would keep Dwight Gale in the squad. And my instinct immediately would be, I'm getting on the phone to, to Fulham, I'm getting on the phone to uh, West Brom, who a matter of two and a half years ago were willing to splash out upwards of £15 million for a player. Um, I'm saying, look, do you want do you want your ready-made uh, promotion striker? Do you want somebody to come in and score 20 goals and get you right up in the top two or three places in the championship because that's what Dwight Gale does he's got a proven history of of going there and he's been at West Brom and scored 20 plus goals but I think possibly the best goal and goal scoring uh, season of his career was at the Hawthorns um, so I'm on the phone to them saying look you're willing to pay 15 million plus uh, what, it wasn't even three years ago will you take your ready made championship winning striker will you take him for 10 million 
And I think that's an, an easy way for Newcastle, even if it's 8 million, it's an easy way to boost um, the budget and ultimately drop a player out of the squad who didn't add a lot of value to that 25-man squad last season. It's just a, a, a kind of, he is an obvious one, of course. Well, he, he's out of contracts, though there's reports he's, he's signed a new deal. You just question why he would have signed a new deal if there was any chance of him being sold. Um, and I think you're right, it, it would probably a move is best for Dwight Gale and best for Newcastle United if, if there was a fee involved. Um, yeah, it's just a curious situation in terms of if he has committed his future to the club, um, what, why would you do that? And know, you know, if there was a chance it could be moved on. Because um, obviously, if, if he stays, he didn't play too much football. He didn't play too much football last season, um, given Wilson's form, quite, you know, quite rightly so. And he didn't... Um, and he didn't really take his chance when he had it. Although we, you know, as we've discussed, he he was given a, a slightly different role um, earlier in the year uh, with that split striker system. Jordan, you is there any other uh, Woodman? Does he come into the conversations? Yeah, I was just about to say that. I think you've got a you've got a bit of a big decision to make between Freddie Woodman and Carl Dolo. Um, does Carl Dolo want to sit on the bench for? But no, yeah, potentially if Martin Dubravka's fit, or do you want to try and give that spot to Freddie Woodman? I think the ideal scenario would have been that Swansea came up and Freddie Woodman done a done a year at Swansea. But um, do you loan him back to the Championship, or do you try and get him a Premier League loan? I can't really see any Premier League teams really taking Freddie Woodman as the number one. So um, I know there was there was a link to Celtic, which I'm not sure how true that was. But again, do you look to sell either one of them too? Um, Carl Darlow do you think you would probably get based on last season's form maybe 10, 10 million onwards um, I, I just don't think there's room for both of them to be honest I think what, as well as Martin Dubravka's at the club there's no room for, for two excellent goalkeepers below him you need to make a decision and ultimately probably offload one um, if, if money is tight this summer then do you take that risk and, and offload them in my opinion I'd probably lean towards offloading Carl Darlow because I think Freddie Woman's got a little bit more potential uh, to work with, but it's a big decision to be made. I think that's definitely an area they should they should definitely consider. Willie Caballero, he's available again. What about <laughs> those links, Miles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that brings brings back memories. <laughs> I still can't spell that spell that name either. No, um, it was one that Rafa thought he had. And then and then walked out the door, much like Tammy Abraham and others as well. There was a few yeah, yeah. You, you wanted that experienced goalkeeper, those Rainer as well, wasn't there? Um, yeah. So going back to Woodman, I I really hope he stays at the club. And uh, as we've said before, the best thing would have been a Premier League loan at Swansea. Um, it should, you know, had they won promotion, that's not going to happen. So that's an interesting decision. You know, Freddie Woodman really does want to come. And sit on the bench for a season, having been playing. He needs another season where he's playing and he's number one. But you know, ultimately that's not his call. Uh, he may be needed as a as a number two. Um, I think he's got a big future. He's done very well at Swansea. Not quite ready to be a Premier League number one, um, but uh, you know, maybe a season or season or so away from that. So, uh, but I, I I wouldn't like to see him sacrifice. I think he's got a big future. This club's always been strong in that goalkeeping department, and uh, you'd think he's a big part of that uh, future going forward. So, as we've gone through all the, the permutations of potential avenues Newcastle United might go down, um, I'll come to you for this last 
question. We normally have a little bit of a prediction when there's a game at the at the weekend, but I'll ask for a prediction on on the summer ahead. Miles, do you believe that Newcastle United will be in a stronger position squad wise um, come the end of this window? That's a, that's a tough one. Um, I would I would like to think so, um, but um, given what we you know what we've done about the clubs, the way the clubs are looking at the summer transfer window, you'd have to question that. It could be a summer of treading water with so much going on off the field and, of course, the, you know, the, the after effects of the pandemic as well. Um, so I'll sit on the fence for that one. Uh, I'm not sure it will be that much or significantly stronger. Um, but I'm... I'm hopeful we're not going to see, you know, any of this, the big players um, sold this summer. So while Miles is picking spelks out of his backside, being on that fence there, Jordan, come on, you come off it. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. I think if they can get rid of some of the, the dead wood, if you like, well, like see Muto was maybe a Florian Lejeune, although I do still rate Florian Lejeune. Um, you bring in a, a good central defender, a backup strike out of Callum Wilson, you know, Joe Willock type player. Now that is, that is a dream uh, to, to get those three players in. But I am hopeful that they can get rid of some players and bring better ones in, albeit they might be free agents, they might be loans. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to say yes from me. <laughs> so it's a no from me, right? We're going to go all three. We've got all three options covered here. <laughs> it's a no from me. And the reason I say no is because I, I, Feeling castinated might end up standing still largely this summer. Um, and, and I think when you stand still, as Miles said, standing still is one thing, but I think when you stand still in the Premier League, teams accelerate past you. And I think there'll be a lot of teams, despite the, the financial implications of COVID and the, and the support of Shutter, I think there'll be still some owners or benefactors who will take a little bit of a hit on that and help their team out and invest in players that will take their club forward. I think when you castinated and, and Mike Ashley's anything but a benefactor, unless it benefits him. Um, then I think uh, I think we won't see any any pushing for investment from Ashley. Um, despite what Steve Bruce will be knocking down that door, as he said on numerous occasions, I still think we're going to see a tight, tight summer. Um, but the positive that I can take from that is um, you, you can go out and get loan players who add value to your squad. We've seen that with Joe Willock recently. Just roll back a few years to see Newcastle United, one of the best players that they've got at the football club at the moment, Martin Dubravka. If you've got your scouting system right, if you've got uh, if you've got those deals sort of lined up and you've got uh, good contacts, you can make those types of signings. Um, look, I don't I think that was there aren't the same kind of contacts as what Rafa Benitez had, but we'll see that you can get good deals done. Um, and we've just got to hope that Newcastle United can use the loan market really cleverly because I do think there will be a lot of people using the loan market this summer. You might see a lot of loan, you might see a lot of loan deals with with promises to buy down the line. And I think that's something that Newcastle United can take advantage of. Remembering that they, they, they were keen to do those type of deals. Um, the Ozan Quebec one in January being a, a case in point. Um, and Newcastle United were willing to do a similar deal to what Liverpool did. And if it was exactly the same deal, and we don't know that it was, um, Liverpool had an 18 million option on that at the end of the season. So maybe that, let, let's try and stay positive. Maybe that was an indication as to the kind of money that might be available this summer. Anything to add, lads? Or is that we're done for a little transfer special? 
I think that's a lot. I'm looking at some glum faces. Right. Thanks a lot. Uh, that was another week uh, of your Mouth of the Time podcast. We'll be around next week um, to give you maybe, hopefully, a little bit of positive transfer news. Mm-hmm.